Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood Podcast. Hey, man, what's up? This is Scott, and uh, I'm really excited about today's episode. But first, I want to make sure that you have done the necessary steps to be in the know and to get filled up and be a part of a group of men who are uh, determined to be better every day. And that is by being in the Brotherhood of Fatherhood Facebook group. If you hate Facebook, I don't care. You still need to get on there, join the group. And then that's all you have to do. You'll be able to post your your worries, your troubles, your situations, and we will put our heads together and solve problems. And uh, that's just what we all need is a tribe of men who lift each other up, support each other, and use each other's experiences to push us along faster. So that's Brotherhood of Fatherhood on Facebook. You can also follow me, Scott Ramage, on Instagram for most of that content as well. And today on this episode, I have Ian Lobos, Lobo, Lobos, sorry about that. He is a successful entrepreneur, podcast host, real estate investor, conscious thought leader, and full-time personal performance coach. He is um, going to tell us his story today, and I'm super excited about that. Welcome to the show, Ian. Thanks, man. Great to be here. I'm excited. Anytime I get to be on other people's shows, it's it's exciting, man. I agree. It Like, I love interviewing people, but it's just so fun just to be able to talk. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I interview probably 10 guys a month on, uh, on our men on purpose podcast. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, okay, I just, I just want to talk, you know, yeah. I just want to not ask questions and talk sometimes very, very rarely, but I just want to, it's just nice to be able to do this. So thanks for having me on, man. It's really a pleasure. Yeah. I, I have to be true. I have to be honest. I interview, golly, it's probably 15 to 20 people. I have three different podcasts. So, but it's, it's like, it's like a vacation when you get to inter- be interviewed by someone. It's like, you yeah. finally just got to let, get to let everything out. Cause, um, but I'm really excited to give you this opportunity and let you kind of speak some life. And most importantly, kind of t- tell us why you're doing what you're doing, because you're here uh, as a coach and you just stepped it up a notch, which I'm really excited about. I didn't know that about you. Um, because you kind of have a history in real estate and I've heard that story and I know I kind of want to dig into that, but you are on, you, you stepped up and you're doing full-time coaching. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a background. So my, um, my whole career, I really never had a job. I worked with my dad at college. I didn't care about my parents were like, you should go to college. Like we'll pay for it. Okay. No problem. My dad said, look, society says you need a piece of paper just get the freaking piece of paper. You can do whatever you want after that. College isn't really going to help you, but it'll help you in more ways than you know. It's not about the education. It's about like the well-roundedness. So left college, started working with my dad in his shipping company. We built that up um, through the mid 2000s. As we know, like the mid 2000s were good to a lot of people and then not good to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so as a young guy, I was making a lot of money um, working with my dad, super happy, just everything was just like working. And then 08, 09 started hitting and, and things started changing. And then by 2012, I found myself really in debt, broke, um, searching for answers, searching for meaning for my life, not understanding why I was here, not understanding my mission or my purpose here. And I just got really inquisitive. 
but until like I, I couldn't, I couldn't and wouldn't get on the journey. I didn't even know about it. I didn't have good, great guides. Like my dad was my only guide. I didn't have other people that I looked at. And my dad has been an incredible mentor and, and coach and guide for me. However, I only had his perspective really. And so I stepped out of the family business, which was very hard. It was really, really hard to do that. And, um, and I started a real estate business selling real estate in Baltimore. And kind of like we talked about before we, before we started recording, I just thought your job was to be a provider. As long as you're providing a high level and your family's happy and you can go on the trips you want, you can buy all the stupid shit you want, like that's fine. But then in 2000, so I ran that business, uh, I started in 2012, end of 2012. Um, before that, when I left my dad's business for about six months, I was lost and I was teaching swimming lessons for 10 bucks an hour. And it's all I knew. Like I'm, I'm an expert level swimmer and water polo player. And so I had to go back to something that I had confidence in because I lost all confidence in me, like gone, done. I was, I was worthless in my eyes. But my wife was the one that said, look, I didn't, I remember coming home and I had an application for a grocery store, like banana stocker. And mm. there's nothing wrong with that. However, I, I said to my wife, like, look, I'm going to do this. Like it comes with benefits. And she said to me, we just got married. And she said, uh, I didn't sign up for that. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, I didn't marry a loser. And I said, well, stocking bananas doesn't make you a loser. And she goes, no, it certainly doesn't. But when you have a big dream, you don't go after it. It makes you a loser. Wow. And I was like, fuck man. Okay. So I, uh, I started this real estate team and I struggled through that and I cried every day in my car and I threw up before appointments. I was so nervous that I wasn't going to make anything of myself. And I built that thing into a, 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 a very successful seven-figure a year business and I was still lost. And by 2016, four years later, we were um, circling divorce mm. and my daughter was, was almost one and... I thought, how the, how did I get here? Like I I'm doing all the right stuff. I'm doing everything you're supposed to do. I'm generating an insane amount of income. I'm, you know, we don't have to worry about anything financially. And, and the thing that I was missing was the other 95% of what's important in a marriage or in a life. And so I had been, I had been in coaching, um, since 2013 personal development coaching, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like game changing. And then in 2016, at the end of 2016, my coach at the time said to me, you need to go do Landmark. And I'm a professional coach. I'm an expert level coach, but I will promote Landmark all day long because it's the best I've ever experienced in my life as far as transformational coaching. Hmm. And so um, I went to Landmark and it changed my entire world, changed my entire outlook. It, it, it started working on my traumas, my past conditioning and all the bullshit. And I, I just, I saw this light. Marriage got better. Everything got better. And then I worked that real estate business, not as the means, but the means to an end at that point. I knew that I was going somewhere else. So I had, I had started my coaching business in 2015, really 2014, just coaching real estate agents on my team and other people in the office. And I thought, you know what? I, I really enjoy this. Like I'm getting a lot of fulfillment when I watch people grow and change and, and kind of get what they need. And then it just kept growing and growing and growing. And then fast forward to beginning of 2020, my wife said, I'm cutting you off of the real estate. I'm cutting the website. I'm cutting your lead generation. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, it's a forcing factor. I love I'm your wife, make, man. I love, I love this lady already. <laughs> <laughs> she is the most powerful leader that doesn't know she's a leader. 
and wow. powerful. Like yeah. she just thinks she's saying these random things to me, but she's changing my entire trajectory because I trust her the most. And so when she um, said that to me, have, if you ever, have you, you ever watched the movie A Bronx Tale? I have not. So in that movie, it's like an old mobster movie from New York and like I think the 40s or 50s. And there's a scene where a bunch of bikers go into one of their neighborhood bars. And the guys, say, and the guys all the mobsters come in and go, hey, listen, we don't want any trouble. These guys are breaking the bar up. And they, they say, just look, we'll pay for your drinks, one beer, and then leave. Well, they, they drink their beers and they trash the place even more. And the guy says, look, I told you to leave. And the guy says, we're not leaving. And then he, he goes over and locks the door from the inside with a key. And he looks back and the look on these guys' faces is like, oh shit, something's about to go down. And he looks at him and he goes, now you can't leave. And they, you know, they beat the hell out of these bikers and trash their bikes and set them on fire. But it reminded me when my wife said to me, I'm turning off the website, I'm turning off your lead generation. Like your, your database is kicking and it'll, you'll continue to, to get served that way. But like she said that to me, now you can't go back. Now you have to build this coaching business. This is where you're supposed to be. This is your mission. Men are getting something from you. And at that point, um, the Men on Purpose thing started. The brand came to me and I actually bought this brand, the Men on Purpose brand, um, from someone who basically wasn't doing anything with it. It was just kind of like there. And she said, look, I'm about to mothball this thing. It's not going anywhere. Um, would you like to buy the brand? And I said, sure. So I bought the brand and turned it into what it looks like today, which is tens of thousands of downloads and top 1% podcasts in the world. And this mission of helping men get clarity and get their purpose and mission in life and find true fulfillment and, and their full authentic self and live a regret-free life. Like that came from all that stuff. And that's a, that's a fast version of my past, but that's the mission I'm on now. And it's, it's, it's growing every week it grows. And it's like, wow, if I never, if I never released that stuff from the past, if I never agreed to release that, like, where would I be? I'd still be a real estate agent. And again, nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't my path, you know? Yeah. There's so much to like, yeah. <laughs> rewind and work out here. Number one, so many men and myself included in my thirties, I started a business. I was running, I was a full-time educator and running this business. And the entire time my mind was, I am providing for my family. I'm bringing in extra yeah. money. I'm bringing in more, more foundation. It, it's more comfortable. We can buy things. We can buy a really nice house. And in the meantime, I completely destroyed my relationship. I didn't destroy it. It's just, from it went from an intentional relationship to an intentional building business building and when you can't be intentional when you're not intentional in your relationship everything just starts to divide and move away but what the crazy thing is is through my years uh i see this happen over and over and over again but here you are super young you had this opportunity to drop drop right into a business with your your dad and you're making a lot of money and I think a lot of guys probably stop there and like, this guy is crazy. Why in the world would he ever give that up? <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't say, I don't know. There was just a feeling that I had that I couldn't keep going like this. What I found out later on, you know, I'm, I'm almost 40. So that was in my mid, that was my early twenties. Um, what I figured out through a lot of coaching and, and some plant medicine journeys was that I never felt good enough. I never thought that I was capable enough to, to duplicate the type of lifestyle that my dad had provided for us, mm. which was a very high level lifestyle. It was great. Um, starting when I was about 13, when his business was like 10 years old and he started making really good money. 
vacations and trips and experiences started happening. Like it wasn't a, let's buy you a ton of stuff. It was, let's go experience the world together. And so if it was like castles in Europe, we went, if it was, let's see the grand Canyon. We went, it was, it was that kind of journey. And I never felt like I could duplicate that. So I joined and I wanted to work with my dad. It's all I ever dreamed about Mm. side by side, helping him out with his dream. But I was actually hurting mine, even though I didn't know what it was. And there was a lot of resistance in there. And, and, and one of the pieces of advice that I'll tell the audience is you've got to pay attention to that resistance. When you're feeling it hard, it's telling you something. You have to pay attention to resistance. And you have to find someone that can help work you through that, whether it's a coach or a mentor or a, a meditation you know, guru or something like that. You got to tap in to understand what that resistance is for and follow that. Yeah. It's never going to go away. It'll get yeah. more intense. Yeah. And on the other side of the, the coin, we've got men who are struggling. You know, they're doing a trade that it, there's, it's yeah. like, there's no way to earn more money than to put in more hours. I, I think it's a very similar journey. I think they're stuck in a pattern of, you know, habit and, and not knowing where to go. Do you feel like it's kind of the same journey to success for men from making a lot of money and not really understanding their true purpose or their true meaning. And, and then for men who are, you know, not the nine to fivers, but the, the 6 a.m. to 10 p.m.ers or the long shift hour workers. Have you had experience working with both sets of, of those men? Yeah, I've helped. Uh, one of the guys that comes into mind is, uh, is a guy, Evan, young guy in his early 20s in Canada. Uh, beautiful story. He was an electrician, actually my buddy, Nick too, both of them were electricians and hating their lives. And they were following in the family's footsteps, thinking this is what we're supposed to do. And they were tradesmen and, and had the resistance and they did something about it. Now, both of them run very successful businesses. They're on their own. They're hanging out they're They're living their life. You know, in our coaching program, we have this thing called the 10 domains where we show people like, it's not about just making money and providing for the family. There are other things like self-love and care and communication and contribution that must be there to live a balanced life. And if you really want to live a balanced life, and again, that's your choice. A lot of people say, I slotted in, I'm good. I've got benefits. I'm not taking that risk to leave. You know, I got five kids or whatever it might be. I get it. Then, then don't complain about it. Right. Live your life and embrace the hell out of it, but don't complain about the life you have and not do anything about it. That's the part that, that kind of irks me. If you're going to, if you're going to complain about it then freaking do something about it, there's plenty of resources out there, even free, like listen to your podcast, listen to my podcast, come on to one of our groups. We will help in some capacity. You'll get some kind of shrapnel from just us talking. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there's a, there's a, a trap in both of those things. I think the, the guy with a lot of money has more options and opportunity, but the trauma and the past conditioning keep him there just like it does for the shift work guy. And maybe he doesn't have as many options and opportunity financially, but everybody's got an opportunity to say, I'm not going another step. I'm going to pivot here. And you have to have the right guides on that. And then this isn't a pitch for you and I, our, our coaching journeys or our podcast. This is to say, find somebody that can help you with that pivot. You're not alone out there. There's people that have been through it. You just have to, you just have to ask for help. Find somebody, come to Scott and I and say, hey, I need help. Can't afford you guys, or I don't know what to do, or... Like I'm telling you, I own a very high level coaching business and I recommend Landmark to more people than my own coaching business because it's so freaking effective. It's like 700 bucks for a weekend and it'll blow your mind. So that's where you start. Start there, you know, start somewhere. I've never heard 
Never, never. Yeah. Well, there, that's another thing. A lot of guys are, are stuck in a pattern of, you know, I don't know what to do yet. The action isn't there. We could go down that road, but that's just, it, it, it's just a, a lot of mind blocks going on, but I really love hearing that the, the, the journey. And I think it's really important for men in both circumstances to hear that the journey is very similar. It's more about becoming who you've called to be. And I, I also, yeah. it's a massive pet peeve when someone complains about their job, but they're choosing to <laughs> stay there for that comfort. Right. Right. Um, right. It, it took me a while to really understand not everybody is called to step out of the norm and kind of bust open the box and do something a little different. Some people just are happy sitting in their own shitty, smelly room. <laughs> I mean, you just say just it's right, man. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But I just choose not to be around those people. <laughs> I'm sure you do. If I can't help them. Totally fair. Yeah. 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 So um, I want to, I want to kind of step back to, the relationship with your father, because this is really about fatherhood. And um, I, let's be clear. I believe that to be a good father, you first need to be a good husband and to be a good husband, you need to get your priorities in order. And that's really my, like really what I like to focus on. That means working on yourself and be just being a better man. So um, what was your relationship like with your dad? I mean, what, what was it that created this piece in you where I, I can't live up? Was there expectations or was this all self-generated? Yeah, self-generated. Um, my relationship with my dad has always been tight, super tight. Like, give an example, on spring break in college, all my, my, a bunch of my buddies and I, we were going to go to Vegas. And I said, oh, I want to bring my dad. Like, that's how close we are. Yeah. My dad came and hung and partied with us in Vegas with five, you know, 20 year old, 21 year old guys. Poor guy. That, that, that's, uh, <laughs> that's how I, I like being around him. I like being around him. I, I just, he's a, he's a calm presence. I mean, he not, not always like that. He had a, some anger issues and he talks about that on episodes that he does with me on my podcast. Um, but he's always open to growth and, and understanding himself a little bit better, which has guided me to, to, to understand myself and open myself up. So it's always been like, like I said, it wasn't a materialistic or I'll, or buy you stuff for the love. It's, it was always time yeah. and just experiences and adventures together and hanging out and building, you know, even, even like chopping wood on the weekend, just going out into the woods on the snowy, you know, winter day, just chopping wood together and hanging out and talking about stuff. The, the, I would share a lot more than he could understand because he didn't understand it himself. So me as a dad, and I'm sure you as a dad, we, uh, what I learned was in order for me to be the best dad, like you said, I have to be the best version of me. I've got to eliminate the amount of things that I need to eliminate that don't serve me in this role and this result that I want as a dad or the present moment. So, you know, the cool thing is like when I started this journey of personal development, so did he. Is he had to dig out some really deep stuff from the past with his mom passing away when, when he was very young that he never dealt with and he was just very angry about it. And so like I have enjoyed being able to watch that journey and, and my mom too, but really just father to father. I've been able to watch that journey of his and still model that. And so I don't care. I mean, I'm 38 years old. I, I, I tell both of them, my mom's here hanging out with us in LA. My dad's coming on Saturday. Um, don't think your job's done. I'm still watching you. I'm still modeling after you. Like, because you guys are in your late sixties doesn't mean that, and I'm you know, almost 40 doesn't mean they're done. Like I'm watching what you do. I'm watching how you operate. I'm taking advice. I don't care what it is, buying a house, buying a car, like moving into this new house. I moved into in LA, buying a car, 
I run everything by my dad, everything. Mm-hmm. Business decisions. Um, my dad was very successful in business, but he wasn't, he was the guy that drove a pickup truck like and made millions. He, he didn't give a shit about money. Money never made him happy. Um, and in fact, the more money we made, the more miserable he got because he had to manage more people and more cash flow. And now, you know, he still runs the shipping company, makes really good money, but he just runs it out of his basement by himself. And like that helped me say, okay, I can step out of this big business I've created as long as I can separate my identity, which took some time, um, and my self-worth. I can separate, I can step out of this. I can build this coaching business to really help men. As long as my mission and my message are dialed in, the podcast and the coaching business will skyrocket more than my real estate business ever did. So I watch him all the time. And I'm cognizant of that with my daughter, especially her because she's five and a half. My son's one and a half. I know she's watching me at at every moment. So I have to be the man that can be that model for her that she maybe will attract into her life one day. And it's, I'm, I'm very cognizant of that every single day. This is a, um, I think that's, that's a beautiful story. I have a very similar relationship with my father. We're really close and I talk to him about everything. And, uh, <laughs> and it's true. I mean, that type of person stays, you don't stop watching them and using them as a source of how to handle things and how to do things. Um, so, I mean, obviously you've made some massive changes in your life and this is a big friction point for, I think a lot of men, uh, fear. Uh, in fact, I just had a conversation with a really good friend of mine yesterday, who's faced with a really stressful situation in his business. And, um, you know, the change is really scary for him. And he's, his, his mindset is I'm positively affecting all of these people. I have this positive influence on all these people, but like, did you have to let go of how your change affected other people? How did that process work for you? Because I know that there is so much growth on the out, on the, on the other side of making that big decision to go to the next level. Yeah. I thought about that. And in my opinion, it was super ego driven. Like, if I, if I'm not a real estate agent anymore, you know, I'm not gonna be able to help these people that count on me all the time. Like these investors that I work with or these repeat buyers or people that love to refer to me. My, my business was 90% referrals and right. we were in a great business. Um, that, that's super ego. And the reason I say that is because in our businesses right now, coaching, speaking, um, the group stuff, the, the, the community stuff, the podcasting, we're not replaceable, but as a real estate agent, and I know a, I, real estate agents reach out, reach out to me all the time and they get pissed off at me for this. You're replaceable. Mm-hmm. Face that fact and take that and run with it and empower yourself to do something different. Be someone different in your business. You know, I, I had to let go of the fact that these people need me. I have to stay. I have to stay. They need me. And there's money just flowing in. Why would I just give up money flowing in at this huge rate? But that was my identity as this person that was important. And I got my validation and I got my approval that I was missing from mom and dad and society and school. And I was that kid in school that was the bad kid, wasn't going to be successful, going nowhere, sitting out in the freaking hallway in detention every day in high school. But I was just bored. I was so bored. I wasn't being challenged enough. And so I had to get over the fact that nobody's going to miss me. And I went through this cool thing called deathbed confessional. And it was really like a death meditation. 
uh, many, many times with a, a, a past coach of mine who was really great. And he said to me, like, like, where are you replaceable in your life and where are you not? Because that's where it needs your most time and attention. And, and um, we call it in our, in our business, we call it use of resources, time, money, and energy. Mm-hmm. Because people think about money and the use of money, but they never think about the use of time or themselves in time or the energy that they expend making that money or doing the things that they need to do to provide and then come home and they have nothing left. They're, they're empty in the tank and they have nothing for their kids or their family or their wife or the sexuality of their relationship or the communication or the, just the embrace. So I had, to get, I had to get over that fact. And this deathbed confession was like, hey, if you die tomorrow, what happens to your real estate business? And the sad fact was... And the reality was someone will take that shit over in a heartbeat. My broker, who was a great friend of mine, would be like, man, that's really sucks. Like, we really liked Ian. He was great. Oh, hey, by the way, hey, one, two, three Main Street. Yeah, Ian's dead. Uh, it'd probably be a little more tactful than, hey, we're so sorry to let you know this. Um, but the good news is uh, Johnny over here is going to take the rest of you, take your closing right through settlement. There you go. Like, I'm nobody. I'm nobody until I'm somebody. And even at a high level, you're still nobody unless you're an amazing leader, unless you're building amazing systems that can supersede you or procedures that can help other people build their businesses. So when I did that deathbed confessional in 2018, I realized this business was truly a means to an end and my coaching business needed to skyrocket. And I really put the gas pedal down at that point. And I started to build systems and procedures for my business that were duplicatable. And I started to help other real estate agents out. And I felt more of a purpose there. And subsequently, you fast forward, I actually learned that my passion isn't coaching or teaching. My passion is actually building systems and procedures and, and, and like policy that people can use for their transformation. And in that, when they use those systems and the curriculum and the procedures and they get their transformation or they get what they're looking for, I get fulfillment out of that. Mm. And I'm fulfilled anyway. But there's real like exponential fulfillment when I build a cool system in my like full creative brain and someone uses it and goes, dude, you saved my marriage. Dude, you, you, I, I, I said, I love you to my wife for the first time in 10 years. Hey, I, I took my teenage kids out and had a conversation about love and togetherness. That is massively fulfilling to me. And I'm not replaceable in that. I'm just not. I really like that. I like the, the, you looking beyond your title as a coach and an owner of this business and really breaking that down and saying, what is it that I really do that isn't replaceable? What is it that, that really fires me up? <clears throat> I think that's a, a journey that a lot of men never take. Like they just yeah. hang their hat on a, on a title. I'm a podcaster or I'm a, you know, I'm a finance director or I'm a realtor, whatever the case may be. Right. I'm an investor and it stops there and they don't really look deep enough to really understand what it is that gets them out of bed and what it is that drives them forward. For me, it's problem solving and building systems that solve problems for others. Like once I realize that, once my business partner is like, really what you do is you build the systems to solve people's problems. It's the same as you in a different, in a different way, right? I'm more of the business and, um, uh, tactical getting things done and, and, and it's the same thing. And once I realized that it's super easy to now decide, make decisions. If someone comes to me with an opportunity, which does happen when you start to get momentum, all of a sudden, all the things you ever wish for, I wish I had an opportunity. They just start coming and you're like, I don't know. But then when I realized, okay, I'm a problems. I love 
solving other people's problems. And this is the methodology methodology in which I like doing it. Yeah. Made it, it super clear for me to know where I should spend my time and where I'm not. Yeah, I absolutely love that. There's a, in one of our curriculums, we call it the purpose-driven formula. There are four steps. The first one is illuminate and you have to understand what it is that's serving and not serving your world. And something that you said was, you know, when you associate yourself as a finance director or a realtor or a CEO, you're locked into that outcome. Mm-hmm. But we all know that you can't lock into an outcome because if it doesn't happen, then you are different or you are affected by that not happening outcome. And so when you think about who you are as a real estate agent or as a finance director or CEO, what's deeper than that, then you actually start to think about, oh, well, this is really important. This is actual purpose here. And this is, this is something that's real to me. The thing I also process through is elimination, which is the second phase of our, of our purpose-driven formula, which is like, what do I need to get rid of here? Skills, habits, mindsets, behaviors, attitude, language, um, belief patterns, programming from mom and dad, traumas. You got to get rid of. I see so many coaches that are like, do this, do that, do this, do that, do this. And I'm like, well, what about the foundational elements that drive that person when they get scared? or when they're pushed to the brink or they're pushed into resistance, they automatically are wired to go this route. You can't give them more without taking something away. And some people think about the scarcity of that and go, oh, well, I want, I want, I I like all these things. Well, you truly don't. You have to get rid of people in your life that don't serve you, that don't roll with you the way you're rolling. Habits, mindset, behaviors, attitude, those have to go. And so you have to start thinking about what will you regret later on in life? Because there will be a time when you're sitting alone somewhere and you're older and maybe your energy is declining or, or decreased and you cannot refire. You cannot go back and do it. And I think about it first and foremost with my wife and my children and my parents. And I go, what am I going to regret 20 years from now? I'm not doing today. Yeah. Okay. So I have both those things. I want to take my daughter to the pool. But also want to, you know, I also want to get on this uh, meeting for this cool opportunity for real estate investment or something like that. Which one in 20 years will I regret not doing? And the answer is taking my daughter to the pool. So I call my assistant and I go, hey, rebook that. I, I'm going to the pool with my daughter. And I don't make, I don't, I don't make excuses. I don't go, hey, man, I'm sick. I go, hey, I'm taking my kid to the pool. I'm taking my kid to watch the sunset at the beach. That's more important to me than what's in that other possibility potentially for the future. Because I know for a fact in 20 years from now, those opportunities are going to be hitting my doorstep every five seconds. Right. My kid isn't going to be six years old saying, dad, can we go swimming at the pool and, and do a diving contest? That's just not going to happen anymore. I'll have that phase of life. And so you have to be patient. You got to have faith and trust that this shit's going to work the exact way you want, but you got to eliminate the things that don't serve you because they are completely taking and taxing the mind share that you have for all the other things that you actually do want. And it's important to, to really make that distinction. I think I want to spend more time on elimination because it's a like for my own personal journey, I'll I'll lay it out a little more, but once I got to the place of that, Oh, I have to eliminate what, what this story, I have to go back and visit this story from middle school that really had an effect on me. And I need to eliminate the stories I'm telling myself in my head. I need to go back and I need to eliminate this thing that's time sucking or energy sucking. And then it, what I did in my personal journey, I think I see a lot of men doing this, women as well, is adding. They're adding, they're, I'm going to read books and I'm going to add this habit and I'm going to add this right. thing and I'm going to add this thing. And basically, you know, 
it's it's like putting a bunch of tabs on your computer. Eventually that thing just gets really slow and sluggish because it's trying to keep up with everything where really you need to open space up. And, and by opening space up, it allows you to add things later that are going to improve. But I think it's so incredibly important to eliminate. And like I said, for me, it was first, like what are some stories? What are some things, these lies that I've believed or these things that I've changed over time? And I'm and once I was able to express those out loud, write them down, read them, I'm like, mm-hmm. holy cow, I can think of eight <laughs> reasons why I didn't succeed in X, Y, Z because of that one event that I never let go or I believed a lie totally. about. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I was in a mastermind group many years ago and it was all about addition. And subsequently, my programs that I run through my coaching business today are a result off the things that I liked and didn't like about other coaching programs and masterminds that I was in. And the one thing that I knew, like after a year into this mastermind, I was like, man, I, how was my wife want a divorce? I'm, I'm, I read 65 books this year. I, I bought like 30 properties. I flipped 12 houses. I made, you know, almost seven figures. How, how is this possible? And that's how it was possible. And in that moment, I learned I never got rid of the stuff that didn't serve. So the foundation was built on sand. And I was trying to build this skyscraper and the thing was wobbly and falling apart all the time. So the elimination, the illumination piece is most people think that a room is four corners, but it's your job to get the light to be bright enough and look around the room as scared as you might be. Look behind you, look in that dark corner over there. Maybe your room is six, eight, 10 corners. You have to illuminate all of them. And then start eliminating the ones that don't serve you. And that is the scary work that most people don't want to do. But if you want to live the life that you actually see as possible, you must get rid of the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. It's a key. It's not a skip it, not a, not a try it. And it must happen. And so whether it's in our coaching business, in our curriculum, our group coaching, our online stuff, like our, our events, our retreats, we go through a major elimination phase with people for probably like, you know, if it's, if it's in like our programs, it's, it's months. Mm-hmm. And if it's in our retreats, it's a day or two to get them to understand and illuminate the things that they need to eliminate because then you make room for the things that you want. Brain can only handle so much. It's a computing machine. So the formula doesn't work when you keep the shift from the past. The formula works when you get rid of the stuff from the past and start to dial in the formula of present and future. And it'll work. Yeah, it'll work. You you, read, you you said something that really um, I've talked about multiple times, and that's just reading tons of books. I went through this process, yeah. just consuming so much content, and then I hit a, I hit a lid. Like I was yeah. I was leading a team, and then it's just like boom, my leadership level was done, mm-hmm. and I kept reading, thinking, and I kept devouring com- you know information and going to conferences and being a part of these groups and. I just stopped and I was so frustrated. And this is years. I was so frustrated that I couldn't crash through that lid until there was that elimination process. These people in your life are not adding value and they do not have what you want or do not portray where you want to go. Guess what? As much as you like hanging out with them or makes you feel like a kid, (laughs) it's time to go. Um, And then, you know, like the stories and the hobbies, like men do this a lot is it's great to have a hobby. You need to do something active yourself. I literally had to give up and it it was brutal. I literally had to give up mountain biking because I was Mm. so overwhelming in my, like my life that it was way out of order. And so by doing that, I was able to eliminate that, that allowed me 
a massive amount of time to gain back and really focus in on where I need to focus, which was my marriage at that point. But um, I really encourage people to stop reading so much. If you're going to read, which I love reading, I love listening to podcasts, read it and consume it over and over and over again until you've mastered yeah. something in it. Yeah, but, fair enough. Yeah, but and the, you've the got business to books. Yeah, dude, the business books, people will say to me like, what, what books would you recommend? And I'll recommend a bunch of books and they're like, oh no, no, like business. Like how did you grow your business? And I go, I grew my business because I grew. You know, yeah. like I, 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 like there's another section of our business where people will come to us and say, can you help me build a business? And we'll say, yeah, and we'll pair up the business and personal coaching. So it's personal development first. And I learned this a long time ago. Your business grows to the extent that you do. Your money, your love, your communication, your investments, your whatever, it grows all to the extent that you do. So if you're going to read books, read personal development books only because your business books are only going to help for a blip. It's not sustainable. Right. And, and I know that uh, I know that some people are like, yeah, well, we have to learn stuff about business. And I totally agree. But are you the person that can actually build what you're learning? And are you just being an information addict and consuming like you and I did? Or are you actually reading and executing on yourself to grow you to then grow your business? That's the only way it works. Business grows to the extent that you do. I think it's like Jim, Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar said that. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely not me. I don't own that one. But I know people say to me, yeah, but dude, these are my friends. And they don't really affect me. I only see them a couple of times a year. And I say, great, that's, that's okay. You don't have to be a dick. You don't have to be like, F you, I'm leaving. You can just say in your mind, you know what? I'm a piece. Like, this is where I leave you. If you're not going to grow, if you're not, like, like in 2016, I made it, or 2017, I made a decision. And I said, I will only associate with people that are, that are in a personal development journey. And they're not information addicts. They're actually doing something with it. Right. And that's how my, my partner, Aaron, came along and I met with him and I said, are you doing personal development? He goes, no, but I, I want to. And I said, great, here's, here's, a, here's a thing to go do. And he started doing it. And like that, our friendship grew and continued to grow because he's committed to his growth journey and it grows our businesses. But you don't have to be mean to people. You can just stop talking to them. But I think the thing that people worry about is, well, what are those people going to think about me when I don't call them and all but you can't worry about that because what someone thinks of you, what someone feels about you or someone feels based on something that you did is not on you. It's on them. It's the only way it works. You can't create someone's feelings. Their feelings are from their past. You can't create that. Whatever you did happened and then they're going to have a feeling about it. And if they're not supportive or encouraging, or if you can't cast your big ass vision and go, Hey, I want to make $10 million a year in my coaching business. And they're like, dude, I think you're, I think you're doing too much. I think you're doing it too light. I think you can make 25. Then like if somebody goes, uh, it's a little bit, bit of a stretch, $5 million a year or $10 million a year in coaching. It's a little bit of a stretch. I go, that's where I leave you. Yeah. That's where I leave you. I, I don't have time for any of that. I don't have space for any of that in my life. Hey guys, this is Scott. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, but I did want to interrupt for just a second because I am super passionate about a new tool that I've found and been using for the last month or so. And if you're like me, the thought of writing copy puts me into cold sweats. But we all know that writing blogs, social media posts, web copy, ads, and more are part of life and can make a considerable impact on moving the needle to success in your business or job. We all know how difficult it can be to wrangle ideas, action words, and details, not to mention time constraints. 
Fear not. I have found a solution that allow will allow you to easily crank out stunning copy in minutes. It's Jarvis, guys. It's probably hit your social media feed and you think it's too good to be true, but it is not. Jarvis is the latest artificial intelligence technology that will help you create content at lightning speed with little effort on your part or hefty fees for writers. You fill in two easy steps and it'll lay out descriptive paragraphs, both short and long form articles, bullet lists, social media posts, blog posts, ad copy, SEO copy, Google ad copy. It gets super detailed. There are tons of templates to choose from. It's totally up to you. It's two steps and it blows me away every time I use it. In fact, it just keeps getting better and better. So if you're like me, the thought and thought it was too good to be true, trust me, this product kicks ass. I literally use it every single day for per personal and professional use. Just go try it for free and use my link. Uh, and it's in the show notes. I'm not going to read it to you because it's crazy, but go into the show notes, click on the link, sign up for your free trial. You will never look back. And this is a great way to support this podcast. Super simple for you, for your business, send it to your boss, send it to your friends. It will revolutionize workflow. The link is in the podcast notes. And if you want to support the brotherhood of fatherhood, this is a great way. You know, my instinct with that, cause I've started doing that and it works by the way, my instinct <laughs> with that is, is I'm cocky. I'm being cocky. People think I'm, I'm puffing my chest, but for me, it's a belief. I truly believe that, you know, X amount of money is attain obtainable and, mm -hmm. Like, if, and it's really cool to, to it, it's hard at first. It's really hard to speak things that you believe and, and listen and, and wait for the response because you really can gauge who you need to be spending time with based on that response that they give. That's where I found that I could really draw the line of yes, this person belongs in my life and no, this person doesn't belong in my life. And by the way, there are going to be people that you can't cut out. Family members, people that have a shit mindset that you can't cut out. You just have to tell you just have to strengthen yourself when you're around them. You're not letting them affect you. Yeah. I can tell you right now that this California journey I'm on, like I'm sitting in this new house and this makeshift, you know, space in my bedroom. Um, and it's one of the reasons why we're here is because someone very close, I'm not going to say who it is, but someone very close in our circle tight family circle told me that this couldn't be done told me that there was a resort um that's that's where my wife used to live and uh, uh where she grew up in, in la and said to me when we drove by it like this is like it feels like yesterday but it was you know 12 years ago um that's not for people like us and i in my mind man this thing shifted and i can tell you right now that in that moment in that moment I made determinations for the rest of my life, like in that moment. And I'm sitting here in this beautiful house in LA, like because of that moment when someone said, you can't do this, that's not what we do. And I started setting goals and doing visualization exercises to get myself and my wife back to that resort exactly three years later. And that resort has been a beacon for us in our business build and our personal development to make sure that we are on track to always be able to go back to that place that someone says is not for people like us. Then it wasn't for ego and it wasn't for like, I'll show you. It was, can I do this? 
they don't believe me. Do I believe me? And the answer was, let's figure out if we can. Let's figure it out. I gotta start asking that question more often because uh, you and I have that in, in it's a similarity, not, uh, I bet I think it was about a year and a half ago, I was actually working for someone else. And he told me I couldn't do something. He says, "You, yeah. what you need is X, but you won't have success doing that. I was able to leave working for him because I use that as, well, can I? And here I am, I have an entire business who is, that is supporting my life and well more than I was working for someone else because sure. someone said, that's not, that's not for you. It's very interesting. I wonder how many entrepreneurs have used that as fuel. It, I, I'm not angry about it. I never felt no. resentment about no. it. It was just like, wow, well, I think I need to test that for myself. Right, right. Yeah. But that's your resolve, man. That's, that's your determination at that point is, one is, will it serve you? Is it worth it? Is it, you know, it, it's not like you can't get a private jet or you can't buy a Lambo or, you know, like that, that, that wouldn't have served me. And I still would have been like, you know what? Yes, I can. I'm going to figure out a way to. That just wouldn't have served me. But going back to this resort was very beneficial to my wife and I and our growth and our togetherness. And like when we landed here in California, um, when we sold our house in Baltimore, we literally like, I don't think we did it. It probably wasn't the best way, but like we literally sold our house in the morning and jumped on a plane that afternoon with like just suitcases and came to California homeless, but landed at that resort. That resort's always been a beacon to us of success and, and thrive and opportunity and abundance. And so you know that you've got something like that for the audience. Like you got something like that in your life that it's a, like a beacon of, of push here, push to go here. And you don't know what that thing could open up. I mean, just, just pushing ourselves to get back to that resort opened up so much and then opened up even more and then opened up even more and opened up even more. And like the universe just kept rewarding and rewarding and rewarding because we took a chance. Like there's personal choice, right? The, whatever you believe in the universe, God, those entities, those energies can only do so much. They're going to deliver what they need to, but you have to step up into it. You have to push through the pain and the fear and like our job as humans is to let go of all the stuff from the past, you know, that we, that, that bred us or that, that wired us. Like that is not us for us to live through anymore. If it doesn't serve our job is to get rid of it, to open up the opportunities and possibilities that are in front of us. That's the only way it works. Yeah. And we have helped thousands of men around the world. Like we have, you know, clients all over the, all over the globe that never could see that they were constantly pouring more on top, more on top, more on top. And they're just drowning themselves in information and, and additional time constraints. You know, one thing you said earlier about hobbies, we call the, we call those angles of avoidance. In oh our yeah. That's good. We have 55 of them, right? So like football for six hours on Sunday, get real, get real. Like playing golf for six hours, get real. Like that's, that's time you could be spending elsewhere. Go play nine holes. Go, go, go to the driving range. Like, especially if you have children, if that's like your profession or that's something that you like really enjoy and you're balanced over here, no problem. Pay 36 holes in a weekend. But if you're not balanced in your life or really counterbalanced in your life, then those angles of avoidance that you have smoking cigarettes, drinking drugs, alcohol, like those things are the main ones that people think about, but so are hobbies. 
They are avoid. You're avoiding something masked in this. I love this and I want to do it, but you're avoiding something else that's not as fulfilled or as good as it could be in your life in this other capacity. So you got to think about those things when you can dial in that formula of illumination and elimination. Then our next phase is calibration, and you can actually start to dial in that life that you really, really want—the one that you see as possible, the one that has the results you want, the money you want, the significant other, the children, the time. All that stuff comes from getting rid of the shit that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. It's literally that simple. I love that process. I love that the process, the three, the stages you've walked through, because sometimes we're like, I just want to be rich. I mean, a lot of like, right. if I just had money or if I could just buy that house or land that job, well, you cannot jump from A to Z. Yeah. And, and for me, of course, it's it comes down to a much deeper purpose. It's not the chasing of the money. It's what do I want to do when I have X amount of money? What does that mean? What is that? Yeah. What, what's the real motivation here? And then it's really easy to start to look at, well, what do I need to get rid of that's yeah. not serving me? And, I, you know, for me, it's like, what's not serving you? And there's a lot men engage in it's not serving them. I believe that one of the things that serve them is serving their wife. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about that. Because you talked sure. you talked very strongly about your wife and the support and the mm-hmm. things that she said. And then what I love, what I love about what you said is that you listen to her. You actually like, oh, like, yeah, you, you actually have this. It sounds like a really um, level. Maybe maybe you have different roles and, and, and things that you're better at, but you respect what she says. And let's let's dig into that for men who, um, well, Assuming that the wife is supportive, and positive. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that that more wives are supportive than more supportive than you think. I can't tell you that I. I think it was like blind faith, or maybe just tiredness, because it wasn't like me. I wasn't fully cognizant. I wasn't like, oh, okay, I, I'm definitely going to take her advice. I, I it wasn't like that. It was like I got to fight her on this. But there was a part of me that was just trusting of her. And without trust in a relationship, there's nothing there. There's just nothing there. But there's always something that I've had with her is this just solid trust that she knows who I am. And that was one thing she said to me when we were like talking about getting divorced was, I, I just want my husband back. I want you to be the man that I know you are, but you don't know him yet. Like I see him, I know him. But this facade you put on, this ego and this like attitude and this bravado and this overconfidence and this aggression or whatever, that's not you. That's you protecting the little scared little boy inside. Mm-hmm. And that's true for most of us, probably 98% of men out there. That's, that's it. And our wives, for those of us that are like really masculine driven and our wives are more feminine driven, our wives are, are, are like captives and they are victims. Most of them I'm saying are victims because they stay, but they're not giving, not, not an ultimatum, but they're not giving options and saying, Hey, I'm looking for this out of this relationship. And my wife's not like pushy or aggressive. She's just so calm and consistent. She's just like, this is what I'm looking for. And if you can deliver it, I'm, I'm here, I'm here hundred percent. But if you can't, like, I have to move on for myself. And I think losing her and that fear of losing her like really drove me. And uh, for those guys that have been divorced before, I guarantee you, you have regrets. 
as long if when you stop blaming your wife for the shit that's your problem and your fault, I guarantee you have regrets on that. And if you take those same problems, kind of like your business grows to the extent that you do, your next marriage will grow to the extent that you do. If you think it was all your wife, if you think you have no, no relationship or no responsibility to grow from a divorce or from a bad marriage or a marriage that just didn't work out, sometimes divorce is awesome. It needs to happen because you got married too young and it just, you weren't, you know, you, you've grown, but you must grow into the next one or it won't grow. It'll have the same problems or new problems because that person's got trauma and bullshit too. Right. So look, man, my, my wife has been, um, a solid beacon for me, my whole, since we've been together, we, and, but like, while we're shooting this, my anniversary is in two days, 10 year anniversary is in two days. And it's been a hell of a journey. And one thing that I did for our anniversary was I recounted all 11 years we've been together. It's 19 pages, single space. Wow. I just wrote it out. This is what we've done together. And as I looked at every year, I was like, holy shit wow, look at what we've done together. We built businesses that made millions of dollars together. We were almost divorced. We've had two children. We've moved across the country. We've, you know, we started this coaching business and this podcast and, and this mission that like, there's so many things that we've done together. How can I throw that away? Because I'm in too much of my ego or I'm, I'm, I'm like, I can't back off of my bullshit. I, there's so many places I can go when, when you ask me stuff about my wife. Like, you just have to tell me where you want me to go with it. Like, it's, it's, there's so many places I can go. I would not be the man I am today without her. And yeah. I don't say, she's not here, by the way. She's in Greece right now at a women's empowerment retreat for herself awesome. with her coach. Awesome. Um, she finally empowered herself to do, to get herself into coaching. Um, and so, yeah, it's not, it's not my wife sitting next to me and me saying all this nice stuff <laughs> telling you right now. I would not, <laughs> yeah. I would not be the man I am today without her and her, and her solidness and her stableness and the fact that she doesn't freak out. And like, we had a partner steal a, hundreds of thousands of dollars from us two years ago. And I was terrified. I called my dad. I'm like, dad, I fucked up. What do I do? His guys, this guy robbed the bank account and he's gone. My dad said, you let it go with him. Don't pursue him. Like, this is your mistake your fault as the leader, go home and tell your wife, she'll support you. And I'm like, she's going to fucking leave me. And my dad goes, no, she's going to stand by you because she's confident that you know how to get you out of this. And I looked at her and I, I was in a bad place. I was chain smoking cigarettes out of my back porch. And she came out and she's like, what's up? And I said, it's like $600,000 missing. And I can't find this partner. And we owe, we owe two and a half million dollars too investors and like it's on us and and dude without skipping a beat you know most wives would be like are you fucking out of your mind you know like but she looked at me and she goes i know you figure out how to get this how to get through this and she just walked back inside and dude i cried so hard yeah and it wasn't because i was sad or upset at myself i was so fucking happy of her confidence in me that i was lacking in myself and that's what she's always been for me is when i don't have confidence in me she's got it and i borrow it and that's why I'm in the position I'm in today. That's why I have the success I have. That's why I'm the, the man, the father, able to talk to you very openly. Like, I get choked up talking about my wife, if you can't tell. And, and she's still here. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it just, it, it makes me so grateful that I have that and so um, cognizant that I almost lost it because I, w I was refusing to grow and to eliminate those pieces of me that weren't working for us in our marriage. I think it's so important, like the work that you're doing, the work that I do just by 
you know, having a podcast so people can listen to, to tell men of all the mistakes we've made so they don't do it. I mean, like literally me coming home at night to a, a darkened room because everybody's in bed. I have little ones. I haven't spent a minute with them an entire day, almost every day and realizing that I was not the man I needed to be. I don't want other men to go through that. I don't want them to go through a moment where they think they're going to be divorced or their wife's going to leave them. And, um, and that's, that's, that drives me, it drives me to, to yeah. talk to men. Your dad gave you such an incredible piece of, uh, wisdom when you, you just shared that you're, you, you had a partner disappear with whatever, $600,000, whatever. And he's like, it's on you. Was he always, I, I, I love that because like, really bad stuff's going to happen a lot. Sure. But if we take personal responsibility, okay, what the, what can I learn from this? What can I take away from this? Other people are doing stupid stuff. They're doing stuff that, yeah. that sucks. Guess what? I have zero control over that. So how did you respond to that when he said, hey, look, it's on you. It's, it's really kind of your fault. <laughs> did you take it personal or did you? you no, I was like, it? come on, dad. What the fuck? Seriously, you've had people steal from you in business. What do I do? And he goes, you let it go. Mm -hmm. You spend not one more moment of your mind share on it. Yeah. And I'm like, how? How can I not get him? How can I not go after him? Dad is, what if he does it to someone else? He goes, that's not your problem. If he does yeah. it to someone else, that's their problem. He said, Ian, I told you in the beginning, if you can't trust someone 100%, it's zero. It's not 99 and three quarters. It's zero or 100. And yeah. you told me you don't trust him 100%. So it's your fault that you got into business with him and whatever at that moment. So it's like sitting on a fence, right? This is what my dad explains to me. If you're sitting on a fence and you decide to jump over to the other side. Whatever happens on the other side is because of your one choice. Yep. This is the problem that we don't understand, like with our fucked up government or these, these, these like radical people out there. There is a cause and effect of everything. Mm -hmm. If I kick a ball down the hill, even if my intention was like, oh, I'm just going to kick it into the ocean. But if it hits a rock, and goes sideways and runs over an old lady and smashes a car window, it came off of my foot. And for me to go, well, that rock was there is irresponsible. That's society. Now. Off my foot. That's how yeah, people are totally. how people are operating. Yeah. But us as men on purpose, we have to be able to help men see where their responsibilities are. Do not blame anybody else. Yep. That was 100% my fault. And when I took it on 100% and didn't blame him, listen, was I angry? Yeah. Did I think about some really dark shit to probably could land me in a psych ward. Yes. Yeah. Did I, did I, did I want at one time open up my pistol case and see my Glock 20 sitting, 23 sitting there and go, I wonder how much trouble I could get in. Like, yeah, I did that. I, I didn't do anything, but I, I, I was in a deep, dark place and, and feeling like a victim. But when I talked to my dad, which was, by the way, I was very embarrassed to do. Yeah. My dad said, congratulations, you just got a $680,000 college education. So now add that to your $250,000 college education and you're at a million dollar college education. Guess what, son? You will not make that mistake again. So let it go. Move on. And I was like, damn, man. Okay. And he goes, just think about who you're going to become when you don't think about behind you and only think about in front of you. I would not be the guy I am today, would not be able to coach the way I do and help very high level, you know, Fortune 500 men. I have Inc. 1000 guys as clients. I would not be able to help them without that situation. And without that advice my dad gave me, because by the way, my coaches were like, fuck him. Here's a lawyer. Go, go for broke, man. Get him. I fired those coaches, by the way. 
And I, and my, my dad was like, just let it go. Move yeah. on because your wife counts on you. You have, and by the way, my wife was pregnant and it was like, you can either, again, use of resources. There's only so much time and energy you have and money. How, how are you going to allocate that when something crazy like this happens? Are you going to sit and spend seven days a week trying to prove this case to try and prove him wrong and make yourself right? Or are you going to focus the energy on getting these people paid back and strengthening who you are as a man, a husband, a father, a leader, a man on purpose, a business owner, whatever? And that's what I chose. And, and subsequently, not blaming and taking full responsibility has created the man I am today and the businesses I have today and the type of investments I go into and the type of peace I have with any partnership I, I, into, I enter, enter into. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, such a good message. The other thing he said, which you talked to multiple times about was what I call raising the rent in your head. Like these things happen. Do you have the space? Do you have the cognitive and emotional space to really deal with that and continue to move on? Most of the time, the answer is not. The best solution is to learn from it and move on and don't yeah. like let it go and don't let it have a stronghold on you, which is, you know, really the case a lot. I remember um, when my first business, I decided to sell it because I just didn't have time for my family. And the, the solution was to get rid of the business. Well, the buyer backed out at the 11th hour. And that, that one move, that one move of him being, yes, I'm all in and literally day before, hey, let's get this going. Nope. Nope. I'm not going to do it. Um, that one, one move put me into $250,000 of debt basically overnight is, you know, I'm holding on to all this inventory that's on, on 90 or 180 day or whatever it is for a brick and mortar business. And the one thing I did right in that situation, well, I did a few things right. But the one thing I did right was just like, okay, that's done. I learned my lesson and I never held anger against him, which I don't know how I was ready to do that. <laughs> but had, had I, I, I guarantee you it would have spun me out of control and the yeah. recovery wouldn't have been nearly as fast. So that's one thing I try to tell people is just raise the rent on your head. What, what, what value does that have in there? Like, just put it away. It's, it's, it's a great saying. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds yeah. like your dad gave you the same thing. Um, so man, I love the layout of your program, not to just blow hot air. I think it's, I think it's so epic. I appreciate it, man. So many times. I spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. So many times people don't illuminate. They don't see all the things they need to see in there. Like, I just like, I just need to work. I just need to get money. I need to make money. Yeah. Well, the path to making money is getting rid of the stuff you don't, that, to make space yeah. for yourself to grow. So it's really good. Yeah. People just don't, it's like, it's this, it's this, um, uh, next and then kind of culture or mindset. Well, when I get there, I'll get this. When I have the money, I'll be able to do this. I, I deal with that all the time. People call me and they're like a hundred percent in. I want to do, I want to do your coaching program. I want to join you guys at your front runner event. But cool. A week goes by and man, following up. What's up? Yeah. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to close on this apartment deal or I'm going to close on this. Uh, like I'm buying a business or, or uh, let me get three more transactions under my belt. Then I'll just pay you cash. I'm like, okay. It's fine. Like whatever your choice is, it's totally cool with me. Like this is your life. And if you keep practicing these habits of when I get here, then, then that's your habit. And people yeah. think, well, I'll just work 30 years or 20 years, or I'll just work in this business for 10 years. And then I'll have enough money to then go and just do nothing on a beach. But you just programmed your entire ecosystem, your whole brain, your whole server, everything is programmed to then expect the next, mm -hmm. then expect the next. And it's unfortunate, you know, the, one of the, the, the big catalysts for me, 
like I told you earlier, in building our programs from scratch was some of a lot of the things I didn't like about other programs that were just adding too much and just all addition. But I wanted to make I wanted to make personal development so damn easy because the actual growth inside of you, the elimination piece really is so challenging for most people to deal with your traumas and your mom and dad and school bullshit. I wanted to build a program that was so easy to follow that you can't mess it up. So that's why it's it's like one of our, we have a lot of different programs, but one of our main programs is that purpose-driven formula. That's it's illuminate, eliminate, calibrate, accelerate. That's it. You cannot accelerate before you do the first three. You cannot eliminate before you illuminate. You can't calibrate in before you get rid of the shit that like it's that easy. I've obsessed over it. I've spent hundreds, maybe even thousands of hours building that out and all the, you know, different exercises for a 16 week program. It, it just, it's so damn effective. It's so damn effective that it's cause it's so simple, but yeah. you know, the program or the, uh, the exercises, what they take you through is deep, dark, heavy, holy shit work. But if you want to get farther faster, then this is what you do. And it's a very organized format. And, uh, and I, I take, I, I take what I learned at landmark and what I learned at some other places and like I mix in a lot of different things into these programs. So yeah, dude. And that's really how I talk. It's how I operate. It's how I live my life. Like I, I work my own program for my own personal development. My coaches work me through a lot of the stuff that I do because I like that. I like to know that I have approved through it. So that when I give it to a guy and I go, Hey man, this guarantee this will help you if you do the work. Like I, I want to feel good about that. I want to feel confident about that. So I work through my own program every single day. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. It's really important. I think it's also important that coaches always have a coach or a, or a mentor or someone breathing into their, yeah, you have to, yeah. If you're a coach and don't have a coach, you shouldn't be a coach. I'm glad you said that. If you don't believe in coaching, how the hell are you selling coaching to people, especially at a high level? Right. We have four coaches. We have, I just hired one yesterday for mindset and meditation um, and just presence. We have a business coach. We have a Facebook group growth coach. That's cool. Scaling our businesses. And we have a, um, uh, and I just have a personal development coach. Yeah. Yeah. It calls me on my shit. You know, like I'm not perfect. I got my, I got my issues, you know, just cause I help a lot of people around the world doesn't mean I don't have my own challenges, you know, my own fears and insecurities. Yeah. I, I tell people if you're going to hire a coach, it's one of the things that that is part of, I will endorse you. If I'll send people yeah. your way, if when somebody yeah. gets on the phone with you, who's, who, who, who's coaching you now, are you paying money? Are you in a program now to be coached? Are you actively involved? And uh, I, did, I just think it's a precursor. It's it's an absolute must yeah. for you hire somebody. Uh, tell people, I mean, obviously I can listen to the Men on Purpose podcast, which is yeah. like you said, uh, top, top rated podcast. I knew that about you. I love, I love the story that you bought it. And I heard that story. I thought that was so, so interesting and such a different approach. But, you know, I, I have a feeling that it, it would be just as successful had you started it from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was nothing. And I'm not, I'm not being derogatory toward the, toward the old owner. If anybody knows her one, it's a her like, and I'm not saying that a woman can't run a mental purpose podcast, but I think men want to hear from men Yeah, yeah. about a man's journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, and it was going nowhere. So I bought it and it was, I realized, and by the way, at that point I Googled how to buy a podcast and nothing came up on Google. Tell me the last time that's happened. And I was like, shit, I'm an innovator. I'm on my own. So I had to figure a lot of stuff out. It cost me a lot of money, a lot of time. Um, 
But once I really said, okay, I don't give a shit about downloads. I don't care about dollars. I don't care about any of that. I care about the message and the mission. And if I stay on the message and the mission, then this podcast will grow. And in six months, it became a top 1%. And, it, and I eliminated, in all, all honesty, I took out, it had 160 episodes. I eliminated all 160 yeah. that she hosted because yeah. I, I just didn't want that in my world. That, again, at elimination. I, I, that wasn't the type of uh, reputation or, and nothing was wrong with it. It just wasn't my message and mission. Yeah. And so once I eliminated that in scarcity, I was thinking, fuck, man, I'm going to, I think I'm going to shoot myself on the foot here, but I feel this so strongly. I eliminated that and the thing shot up. Yeah, it, it should totally shut up. So Men on Purpose podcast, you can join our free uh, community, the Men on Purpose community on Facebook. Um, you can go to my website, ianlobas.com, I-A-N-L-O-B-A-S.com or menonpurposepodcast.com. Find out anything you want about me, our coaching programs, our events, our retreats. Um, you are, if you're in Southern California, you want to hang out, like I'm at the beach every day. I, and people come and join me and we just have cool conversations around my kids so my kids can hear high level stuff. Yep. And uh, I'm just looking to meet amazing people and help 10 million men of the world reveal their most authentic self and live the most fulfilling and regret-free life possible. And so we are on that mission heavy. I'm, I'm happy that another brother, I'm meeting another brother, you, that's on that mission too, like Dennis who introduced us. And it's just, it's awesome what we're doing for the world, man. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. I really appreciate being on here and anything I can do for anybody, just reach out. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all ears. Right on brother. And I'll endorse you all day long. Love your message. Love your, love your, uh, methodology. It definitely sounds, uh, life-changing. And I know, I know. It so it is, man. You wouldn't yeah, be thank successful you. if it wasn't. Thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.